When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Collins II, and with me via Facebook Messenger <laughs> is my co-host, the with the mostest, the co-hostess with the mostest. What's your name? Matthew Lowenbrow. Pass. Low and brow. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a beer company. Like the beer. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get them to to sponsor me. Okay. Are they still around? <clears throat> yeah, but barely. Or barely. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, like get barely. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Today we decided to uh, take a break from our uh, normal direct video sequel, uh, you know, journey, and uh, decided to uh, do a direct to TV pilot sequel sort of thing. So uh, back in uh, 1995, some geniuses at Touchstone Pictures. <laughs> and ABC decided that they would greenlight a pilot based on the 1994 debut film of Kevin Smith Clerks <laughs> and uh, all they made was a pilot because it didn't get picked up by ABC it was passed on Thank God, because who, kn- who knows where the world of uh, the viewersk universe would have gone if this would have been popular. <laughs> um, yes, like I said, it was filmed in 1995. It has none of the original actors in the movie. I mean, in the in, not in the movie, in the uh, TV show. It was, uh, yeah, they recast the roles of Dante and Randall with, um, let me look up these actors' names really quick. 
<clears throat> Andrew Lowry. Jim Brewer. Andrew Lowry played uh, Dante Hicks. And then, yeah, Jim Brewer, who we know from Saturday Night Live and Half-Baked and stand-up comedy and other things, was cast as Randall Graves. Hmm. So, you know, we did not have the brilliance of Brian O'Hallahan or uh, Jeff Anderson. Nope. Nope. <clears throat> nope. And nope. We said that yeah. Jim Brewer acting at maybe 10% of his potential, which just made it fall flat and yeah. weird. <laughs> and and, and no, no offense to any of the actors involved in this project. They were just mm-hmm. looking for a paycheck, you know? Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't blame them. Um, <clears throat> gone are Jay and Silent Bob and all the cool customers that we had in the original movie. Replaced with a ice cream guy named Todd, played by <laughs> Rick Gomez. Um, we also had, um, a guy named Ray instead of Jay from Silent Bob. Played by Bodie Elfman, aka husband to Dharma, and um, <laughs> Jenna Elfman, and um, I believe brother to Danny Elfman. So, um, the film composer um, played a character named Jay, who just like was a shoplifter instead of a couple of drug dealers outside because. I think there were some legal reasons for this. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember hearing something from uh, Kevin Smith where he owned the rights to the characters of Jay and Silent Bob, but not the rights to the other characters. <clears throat> so they could not use them. So they basically created these other two characters to kind of replace them in a way. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, we also have the character of Veronica reappearing, this time played by Noelle Parker instead of Marilyn, Marilyn Gigalotti. Um, we also have a very young Carrie Russell in this film, in this, in this uh, the, the TV pilot, playing a character who is named Sandra, who works at a tanning salon in the complex where the, I, I'm assuming Quick Stop, I don't know if they ever say Quick Stop in this. No. Exists. Yeah. <clears throat> Do they call it anything or is it or is it just assumed that it's the quick stop? No, it doesn't it doesn't even look like the quick stop. Like it well, it's a completely different plaza and Yeah, but I'm just saying, are we supposed to assume that this is a quick stop or do they do they ever <laughs> give a name and call it like, you know, the no. carry out or whatever? They just say the store. I mean like you still got the the movie rental place right next door and that kind of thing, yeah. but <clears throat> they may have had legal reasons too with that based upon the owners of those buildings, you know. Yeah. Because Quick Stop and RST video were real were slash are real locations. So um Yeah. Yeah, um Kevin Smith obviously had no involvement in this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> This was uh, basically a, you know, watered down PG version of the of the film, and uh-huh. uh, made to appeal to you know the television demographic. 
of, <laughs> of ABC. I mean, if you wanted to do a series based on Clerks, the at this time, I think it should have been on like HBO or Showtime. <clears throat> yeah, that's my feeling on it. Um, what are your feelings here, Matt, on after seeing this? I just, I think it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I, and that's, that's up there with like the Larry the Cable Guy movies like Tooth Fairy 2 and <clears throat> Jingle All the Way to, um, <clears throat> it just wasn't funny at all. I mean, it was, every joke fell flat on its ass and it, it almost like felt like, the characters were like, like the actors were like making fun of the show that they were on. Like they knew how terrible it was. Like, could have like, been. like almost had this little smirk. Like, what? I said it could have been that that's what they were doing. Like Jim Brewer, especially, it's almost like he was making fun of the fact that he was playing like this extremely watered down, you know, version of, of Randall. And that's interesting because 1995, okay, because I just recently watched um, the documentary about the, the Dana Carvey show. And this seems to be a year where ABC just made a lot of weird mistakes about like what they thought a show either would be, like in the case of Dana Carvey's show, where they thought it's like, oh, he's just going to do Church Lady and it's going to be great for us type of thing. And instead, you know, they get this really weird sketch comedy show that's like decades ahead of its time. And, but then on the flip side with clerks, they're like, okay, well, we know what the real clerks is, but we're going to just completely make our own shitty version of it. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, and, but luckily at least this didn't air. <laughs> right. Yeah. That even make it. To- yeah, I mean, the, the pilot resurfaced uh, probably about five or six years ago online. Um, I will uh, I will link it in the show notes, too, so if you want to watch it and uh, before you listen to uh, this, our, our review, the rest of our review, or if you, uh, you know, just want to watch it anyways. I mean, I warn, <laughs> warn you, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, um... Do you want to take a quick break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and talk more about it, like some trivia and some other things? Sure. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. 
Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space, and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. back folks welcome to the quiet storm with matt and mike <laughs> the quiet storm yeah i like oh, that wait that's not what we're doing right no we're not doing new age stuff right now oh i was about to play the, <laughs> the latest from enya and uh, not that yet oh okay. no that, that's that's a different podcast oh, uh okay. quiet storm yeah <clears throat> quiet storm where are we we review our favorite new age albums. <laughs> oh, hear that keyboard drone? Oh man, that's a good one right there. Was that a theremin? I heard. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so back to the clerk's unaired TV pilot. Um. First off, uh, like we said, different different cast. Um, this was directed by Michael Lesek, uh, written by Richard Day, based on characters created by Kevin Smith. Um, <laughs> Michael Lesek, I don't know if I'm saying that right, L-E-S-S-A-C. So, mm. I think I'm pronouncing Michael right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody knows how to pronounce the name Michael. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it looks like he just directed a bunch of sitcoms. So, like the Tony Danza show, Everybody Loves Raymond, George <laughs> and Leo, The Naked Truth, Grace Under Fire, Drew Carey Show. Jackie Thomas show, Newhart, um, and on and on and on. Taxi. So he he goes back quite a while. So instead of having instead of having somebody with a not no offense to to this Michael Lessick guy, instead of having a young person with a fresh, you know, point of view like Kevin Smith was, we're gonna get a guy who directed Taxi, like Twenty years after the show went off the air, <laughs> well, not not twenty years, but you know, like fifteen years after the show went off the air, you know, it's like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That just seems a little it's weird just to me. <laughs> it's just the whole format was just like your really like typical sitcom, like with a laugh track and everything, and <laughs> just like was nothing like. Clerks. I mean, the whole point of Clerks, you know, the reason why is the reason why people like it, love it, or hate the movie is because it's so weird. Where like and, and realistic like, at, at the time, it was like, one of the most realistic movies because it was basically just like, oh, we put a camera in this <laughs> carryout. Sure, they spoke kind of flowerly in Kevin Smith language, but it was basically just two dudes hanging out in a carryout. You know, it's basically. <laughs> 
what it was. It was a slice of life sort of thing. Yeah, like real conversations that like you would have, you know, if you spent like an entire day with someone, you know, you just start having really stupid conversations like about Star Wars and stuff like that. Not looking at an ice cream cone and going, let the goddess speak, laugh track. No, no one talks like that ever. So, yeah. um, unless you're living in the TV show, which then, you know, that's just its own type, you know, can of worms right there. I've, you know, or like, I'm melting, or whatever the fuck was going on. And I've read a couple <laughs> of reviews where they say that this looks like it was an episode of Saved by the Bell. It might as well have been as corny. I mean, yeah. like, like, okay, so like, <clears throat> the thing I'm talking about, like the whole like, actors like knowing how stupid it was and like almost making fun of the show that they're in. Like when Dante is talking to... um. The, I forgot her name, but the the one who works in the tanning salon, Sandra, um, played by Carrie, Sandra, and yeah, and 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 he's like, you know, you seem like you you're a health conscious person, but how come you 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 tan yourself all the time or whatever in those tanning booths or whatever? And she's like, oh, don't tell me you're one of those people that believes that tanning causes cancer. And he's like. You mean like a smart person? Like even ha- like does this little head jerk like like oh yeah I got you good there? I'm like oh my god this is like embarrassing to watch like like <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if it's actually been proven that I'm not sure does, does tan- do tanning beds cause <laughs> cancer or just the sun? I don't remember. That's it, what I'm wondering too because it could be if you do too much of it. I don't know, but yeah. and then and then she's like, well, what does cause cancer? Stick lotion. And then that's when Jim Brewer's, uh, Randall's like, oh, lotion doesn't do anything. Then he like touches his face and like, oh my God, I'm melting. I'm like, oh my God. It's just like, I'm like, I feel bad, like, for the fact that like he had to do that, that like the director like made him do that for money. Like it just felt so like, like I felt like I'm watching like exploitation, like right now, like, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, so I'm glad that he got out of that and became famous and, and made money because that just made me sad that like like yeah. it, it almost it almost looked like he was making fun of the fact that like like you ever seen Ninja Turtles three? Yeah. The movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well there's this there's a scene near the end of the movie where like they, they say something like it makes no sense whatsoever. It was just like they were just like name dropping like current movies that were popular at that time that like the audience would know about just so that then that would like plant the idea in the audience like oh I better go see that movie now because I had nothing to do with like okay so like the bad guy in Turtles 3 shows up and then like the turtles are like uh what were you, what were you expecting uh, like the Adams family and it's like why would he be expecting the Adams family he doesn't know what the Adams family is because this takes place in the year 1200 AD. What? Like, and, I, and like, they kind of like do this like little nudge. Like, <laughs> it's almost like they're like making fun of the fact of how shitty, stupid the line is. Anyway, I, I have a theory. I have a theory that that's where the uh, writers of Big Bang Theory got their idea to just drop pop- <laughs> popular cultural references <laughs> in their show and then yep. think it's funny. It's like, it's like da 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 da, Thundercats, da 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 da, Transformers, ha ha ha, that's funny. Right. 
No, it's not. It's like, <laughs> why is it? Fu- you're just you're just mentioning books. Like, I mean, <clears throat> it's like me, like <laughs> four Taurus <laughs> Dodge Neon. Oh, <laughs> he got him good. Why he's naming cars? Like what? Rick, you don't get Rick, it. It's funny. Rick Ocasek. Oh wait, we're not naming those cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, sorry. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, maybe, maybe they probably, maybe they didn't get the idea from that. Anyway, I'm kind of going off here, but just, that's what it kind of reminded me of, of like, <clears throat> like they were just making fun of the fact that they had to do this for money. It was so terrible. Not only that, the plot, okay, so Clerks 1 and Clerks 2, you know, there's, it, it's, it's very low stakes, but like, they, they, take it so serious and and it, and it just it leads to like a whole like terrible problem and that's that's what makes it funny in this it's like oh dante has to serve a customer that was he went to high school with and the guy's you know going to be rich a rich lawyer now and he feels you know in, inadequate because he works at the quick stop which is so, like which is really funny because um I, I'm not. I'm not saying not giving this this show any props at all. But there was a similar character played by Jason Lee in Clerks Two, the movie. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so that's just kind of weird. There was a similar like subplot there about the how he felt inadequate. Dante felt inadequate. The same thing too. I mean, but it also was basically kind of the Rick Darris sort of character too where you feel inadequate because you know because in, in um in the movie uh movie the movie uh clerks um the original like Rick Darris comes in and he can you know he's uh he works out at the gym and you know he can uh lift stuff and everything Ernie O'Donnell's character and if you have not heard right. our inter- if you have not heard our interview with Ernie O'Donnell please uh look that up in the news in the not the news feed <laughs> but in the in the podcast platform you're listening to right now it's a great interview with Ernie O'Donnell Hopefully we're going to have him on again soon sometime. But, uh, yeah, the, um, yeah, I think it was kind of like trying to be like that type of character. But, in, but yeah. instead of, you know, it's just something to make. I know what they were going for, but it's just really just kind of weird. Um, I'm wondering what else, uh, the writer of this, Richard Day, what else he's written? Let's see. There's a little bit. He was a younger guy then, it looks like, too. So, But he's uh, he was a producer on Arrested Development. Oh. He was a producer on... He, he's a, he was a producer on Mad About You. Um, producer on The Larry Sanders Show. So some good things here. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's see what he's written, though. <clears throat> he wrote, like, five episodes of Arrested Development. Um, seeing if anything else. Wrote an episode of Spin City, Larry Sanders Show, Mad About, a bunch of Mad About You. Hmm. A bunch of the uh, Ellen TV series that she did, uh, the Ellen DeGeneres thing. Wrote an episode of Dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> we recently talked to Stuart Pankin from that. Um, so this guy's actually a Seems like a decent writer, so yeah. But but yeah, this this episode is just so formulaic. 
I mean, I almost recommend people watching it just to kind of get an idea of how a sitcom is so blandly written back in the 90s. Because a lot of sitcoms were blandly written like this. Yeah. Because it... it, They just... A lot of times sitcoms are something that you come home at the end of the day, you don't want to think too much after your long day at work or whatever. And I think that's what they, a lot of people were going for back in, especially in the 80s and 90s, where it's just like, you know, come home from the factory or the Walmart or whatever, and you, you know, just want to relax and not think. So you don't want something too complicated <laughs> or too dense for you to watch. And that explains why the Big Bang Theory was on for 11 years. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it also explains why Friends was on for so long, even though I do like that show. It also explains mm-hmm. why How I Met Your Mother was on for so long. A lot of these shows, they're 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 well written. There are there are dense aspects, and there are ways to make them better. But you know, because I think the writing on like How I Met Your Mother is a lot better than the writing on this pilot or Big Bang Theory. But yeah, but a lot of those like three camera setup sitcoms with the laugh track and everything are pretty bland now it's because they, they look antiquated and old compared to like watching something like the office or parks and rec or 30 rock or ap bio or superstore or stuff like that that's all like single camera you know <clears throat> yeah I don't know if people know the difference between single camera and three camera setup. Three camera setup is a classic sitcom like I Love Lucy, where you have a you you have close ups and, and a wide. You have like three cameras, basically a wide shot, close up on one actor, close up on the other. Sometimes it's a four or five camera setup, depending on how many people you have on set. But a single handheld, or not handheld, but a single camera thing is something like Malcolm in the Middle, or you know. The office or stuff like that, where it's just one camera, <clears throat> feels more like a movie. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of information that um, probably is boring some of our fans out there. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. We're sorry. I'm wearing a sorry. <laughs> oh wait. Anyways, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a weird mood, Matt. Anyways, um, the uh, so what's the basic plot here, Matt? <clears throat> All right, so basically, it's like a combination of the movie where <clears throat> you know Dante's girlfriend's like wants him to think more about like what he wants to do, you know, with his life, kind of like you know in the first in, in the movie, and um, he's like making all these stupid wisecracks, like, <laughs> I don't even remember because they're so stupid, but anyway, so after he meets this guy, Cliff, who's, he's like, uh, gonna go move to New York and become a big-time lawyer, and Dante's still mad at him from high school because when they were in high school, they would used to paint, like, spray paint the town tower, like, water tower, and, like, I guess the cops came, and then that Cliff guy told on him and said that he just went up there to kind of talk him down and he's he's trying to like you know <clears throat> get his girlfriend to like see that you know this guy's not 
really good guy or whatever. So <clears throat> he finds out that Cliff is like throwing like a like a party for like his last you know night in town or whatever, and convinces him, "Oh, let's let's go paint the tower like we used to in high school." And he's like, "Oh, that's kind of a good idea, but maybe we could do this." Like, no. Cliff says, let's go paint the tower. So everyone's like, yeah, paint the tower. Like, this is like what everyone thinks is fun. They're like, get, get, you know, they're not in high school anymore. They're like in their 20s at this point. They're like, yeah, paint the tower. Woo! So, like, you know, 80 people basically from the party show up to watch the two guys spray paint the town's water tower because that's what they think is fun there, I guess. And, and then, Oh, lo and behold, the cops came again, and Cliff then, you know, rats out Dante for the second time, and it, it proves that, you know, he was right about him, that it's like, why do you, what's, like, this is what your pilot's about, is some random tertiary character that shows up midway through the episode, whatever, and, um, <laughs> but that was pretty much the plot right there, yeah. and that was the whole freaking plot was I gotta prove to my girlfriend this guy who's gonna leave town in one day is a bad guy don't trust him you're never gonna see him again anyway but I need you to not trust him for some reason I don't know <laughs> and yeah it's it, it lacked it lacked the heart and the I don't know the the, the innovation of the original movie it like there was in the in the movie, we had all those like crazy characters, like the guy who was counting eggs or, ne- or mm-hmm. checking eggs in the you know that Walt Flanagan played, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you and, and and you had like a in, in in an hour and a half movie, you had different things happen that made more sense than this half hour TV show could do, and yeah. uh, like. I don't know the the whole playing hockey on the roof and everything. It was like you know it just it felt real because it was real. It was based on Kevin's life, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know because he worked at the Quick Stop when he wrote it. He you know you know the he he put people in there that he knew. You know that most of the cast were his friends. It just felt like a real almost like a documentary in a way. Not really, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. But this just felt so freaking formulaic and boring. Like I knew what was going to happen every minute before it happened. Yeah, it was just—it's just bizarre that they even thought <clears throat> to do. I mean, I understand some things, like watering down something a little bit, but like it's like it's almost like you're taking like a straight up like pornographic film. And then you're gonna make a TV show version of it, and it's like, yeah, it, it, it's like complete. I mean, I'm not comparing clerks no, to porn, but I, the same I, I, know, like, I know what you mean because because yeah, like, clerks with <clears throat> clerks had to fight to get an R rating. It was going to be an NC-17 rated movie, yeah, because of the language. And I mean, it, it had more f words in it <laughs> per minute than like any other movie at that time. Um, <clears throat> maybe maybe you know. Pulp Fiction or something had more, but it was like one of yeah. the, one of the most at that time, and uh, to take that not not that I'm saying that 
you have to have bad words for something to feel real because I mean, you know, I've felt realness in something as stupid as Dawson's Creek, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just there's a it's it's just it didn't feel authentic. That's the thing, and it, the the main problem that they had is that they did not have Kevin Smith involved in it. Yeah, I mean, he did do a animated series later based on Clerks, which last didn't last a whole season, and they burned off the episodes on like Comedy Central or something later. <clears throat> but it it was it was actually funny. Yeah, and and, and, and and you had the original actors doing the voices. So, and but it didn't take itself to the point so seriously where it was like definitely in the same universe as the movie, and you knew that, and they didn't want you to think otherwise. You know, Jay and Silent Bob were they knew they were a cartoon, basically. You know, yeah. But the um, <clears throat> this, however, felt like a cartoon, even though it was live action. <laughs> That's just kind of how I felt about it. Um, do you want to take another break here really quick, Matt, and then we'll come back with some uh, some trivia and maybe some user reviews on this? Yeah. Need a new podcast to listen to? Well, why not check out the Super Podcast from the Super Network at supermarcy.com where we discuss films and pop culture and we do monthly fan-voted commentaries. We are available on all major podcasting platforms. Okay, and we are back. 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 My name is Mike, as you know, just reminding you. This is Matt. How are you, Matt? Mike and David Ike. <laughs> Whoa. <sighs> nope. No lizard people here. <laughs> that should be a good documentary called Mike and David Ike. And it's where we interview, we do a documentary about David Ike, but it's not about any of like, his conspiracy theory stuff is just like regular stuff he does throughout the day, like goes grocery shopping. And we talked to him about his broadcasting career. Yeah, that's the whole documentary. It's like there's not one mention of any of his books. Or we just ask him. So, so, so when you make a salad, what kind of dressing do you like? Um, do you use dressing, or do you, you know? But <laughs> yeah. Do you like cheese? fresh cake? Do you like cheese on hamburgers, or you know? Do you like the Beatles or the Stones? Do you like... Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you more of an sync guy or a Backstreet Boy guy? Come on. <laughs> oh! Surprising fact, though. He likes 98 Degrees. Anyways, um... <laughs> no reason why. Um, yeah. So, okay, here's some trivia... Of the little bit of trivia we have for the uh, for the greatness that was the Clerks unaired pilot, <laughs> both Brian O'Hallorhan and Jeff Anderson, the actors who played Dante and Rand- Randall respectively in the original Kevin Smith film Clerks, auditioned for the role of Dante. Both of them did, and weren't were not cast. <laughs> They passed on casting the original Dante as Dante. <clears throat> wow. That's like 
you're not Dante enough to be Dante, even though you are Dante. It's because they knew that it was going to be different than yeah. the movies, or they needed an actor to, you know, play it down. And then, uh, yeah, I just find it funny that Jeff Anderson also auditioned for Dante, not for Randall. Oh. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was filmed during the production of Kevin Smith's follow-up film, Mall Rats. Uh, Smith had no involvement in this attempt at a series. Um, the end credits is the song Can't Even Tell by Soul Asylum. The music video for the song features uh, Dante and Randall from the movie. Um, this pilot was based on arguing with the band members if they could uh, beat them in, in Rupati. That was the original, you know, the, the song was in the original movie as well as the end of that, but they used it as the end credits for this as well. <clears throat> um, so, uh, here is, uh, here is the, uh, one of the, um, reviews from the, called from the annals of the internet movie data data base whatever you want to call it is it data or data uh, i don't know really i do believe that everybody says data even though it should be data but they say data because of star trek the next generation probably yeah that's, that's my theory have to look into that someday <laughs> or just live my life and not care anyways um <laughs> Okay, here is the here's a five out of ten <clears throat> from uh, really yeah. This is from somebody named Champ Two Thousand. Well, it was a it was very cheap a very cheap set, Saved by the Bell type sets. That's what uh, Brian Brian O'Hallorhan said. Um, I guess at one time, and it was horrible. Uh. They ditched Jay and Bob, added other recurring clerks like the Ice Cream Man, and took everything good out of clerks and added in plots that involved, like, people in the store talking about their lives and horrible lines like that. It was awful, and if you, you're lucky, you can find the three minutes of footage running around the net somewhere. Now the whole thing is, by the way, this was written in 2006. Mm-hmm. Well, quote-unquote, lucky isn't really the right word. But yeah, after Miramax sold the rights to WB, WB then then sold them out again for a sitcom. The sitcom was made into a pilot that Brian, Jeff, and Marilyn tried out for, got rejected. Horrible, horrible stuff. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, why did they give it a 5 out of 10 then? I have no clue. (laughs) I found a very detailed 3 out of 10 review, but again, it's very detailed, and I don't feel like reading all of it, so I'm not going to. (laughs) Okay, so, um, this is a 2 out of 10 from Sand Cooler. <clears throat> I like that name. Um. Anyways, uh, it was uh, 
written on June 16th of 2015. Um, the pilot nobody wants you to see. I'm not quite sure how this would even work, but this sec- sitcom pilot was made without prior knowledge, let alone consent, of Kevin Smith. He did write and direct the movie this is supposedly based on, but informing him about this spinoff seemed a bridge too far. In all fairness, though, this is barely any has anything to do with the movie, which begs a lot of questions. Clerks was an underground hit, but is it really so famous that merely using its name gives gets you great ratings? And would uh, actual fans of the movie turn this off after five minutes, noticing that the only thing it has in common is a store setting and characters <laughs> named Dante and Randall? <laughs> they just don't even have Jay and Silent Bob. There are really only two quite fascinating things about this pilot. The constant waves of canned laughter after lines you didn't even identify as jokes. And the fact that SNL alums, uh, SNL alumnus Jim Brewer is playing Randall. Apart from that, this might just be the longest half hour of your life. <laughs> So they loved it, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I I think it's it's really hard to take a movie and turn it into a TV series. Mash comes to mind, and uh, so does Mash. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> Mash. <clears throat> See, I always thought that the Mash movie came out first before the show. It did. I think. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. Because that, yeah, you're talking about yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember seeing that once. So I, I rented it from like the video store, and I was like, I was like, wait, I thought Mash was a TV show, but then there's a movie called Mash. So then I watched it, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely the same uh, story. Yeah, it's uh, based on a book too. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, that uh, the um, guy who wrote it, he served in the MASH unit or something in, uh, dur- during uh, the Korean War, so he wrote a book based on it. Mm-hmm. Experiences. But yeah, I can't really think of any other TV shows that are based on movies that were really that good. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing something. There's probably one good one out there. But... Yeah. It's just it's hard, and so I think it's kind of, you know, it's a hard bar to follow. I mean, when you're when you have a movie that is so respected and raised to that high of a level, yeah. At that time, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's hard to make TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like it, it depends. I guess you know. Sometimes it's it it, it looks like it's being written by a 10-year-old, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Flash! Oh, Lorraine! You're not Flash talking, track! You're not talking about Big Bang Theory, are you? No, 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 of course not. No. Always have, you know, I'll say something sexy and funny to a to a customer in, in our in our diner. Oh, ha, 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 we're two broke girls. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh, I think that's about all I had to say on Clerks, the 
unaired pilot. What mm-hmm. about you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, <clears throat> there's really not much more to say about it. I mean, it's pretty much that was it. You know, one pilot episode, you know, 21 minutes long. Over half of it was dedicated to let's spray paint the, the town's water tower like it's that 70s show, which came out three years later after this episode was filmed, which is interesting. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wonder if there's, if someone worked on that set or, I don't know, or it could have just been a coincidence, but, um, but I, I would not recommend watching this episode unless you've, you're just like studying like bad TV and like tropes and stuff like that. Or, um, how basically, <clears throat> I think I'm going to title this episode, how not to make a sitcom <clears throat> based on a movie, um, or something. I don't know yet. We'll decide. <clears throat> we'll see. You'll read what I <clears throat> called it folks. When you look at the little show notes. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, uh, should we just wrap things up here, Matt? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, hopefully you'll join us again, folks. We love you, folks. Um, stay healthy out there. You know, wear a mask. It's not that hard. Just wear a fucking mask. <laughs> um, that's all you can do. You know? We're gonna leave, I'm going to leave some uh, links in the show notes to Matt's music to uh, some uh, charities you can donate to to help out people. Um, I'm also going to leave a link to this pilot as well if you want to watch it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if you have like 30 minutes of your life to waste, go ahead, you know. <laughs> right now, we're, we're, we're supposed to be quarantining half the people in the world, you know, so, you know, m- maybe you can, you know. You, you watched everything on Netflix and Disney Plus, you know, go ahead and watch this, you know. Um, <laughs> Alrighty. So until next time. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Yeah.